me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has been blessing me. He's been blessing me and he's been inspiring me and he's been refiring me. Amen. And so when I get refired, well, I want to get you refired. Amen. And he's been refiring me in one particular area and the area that he's been refiring me up. And I never had quit. I don't want to let on like I'd quit. I hadn't quit, but I'm just refired about it. And that is praying in the spirit. Amen. And you know, if you cannot live in the Spirit, as the Bible tells us to live in the Spirit, you, it is impossible to live in the Spirit and not speak in tongues because it's the language of the Spirit. It's like trying to live in Russia where everybody speaks Russian and having no interpreter and not speaking Russian, just speaking English and trying to live there. Listen, family, it's just about impossible to function. You know, it's going to be hard to function. We, have, we speak the language of the Spirit. Amen. If we want to live in the Spirit, we speak the language. God gave you a supernatural language. Amen. And we don't use it enough. And it's so beneficial. It would help us so much. I've been re I read a book um, and, uh, about this uh, missionary that went to the Congo. And uh, he, this missionary went, and he was a pretty, um, you know, he was kind of one of the hellfire and damnation type preachers. You know what I'm talking about, that has a ministry more of condemnation than he does of love. Do you know what I'm, well, I mean, I'm just speaking the truth to you. This is a book, okay? And this missionary was that way. And he was just like bound and determined that these Congo people were going to get baptized in water, in the river. But those Congo people were bound and determined they weren't getting in that river because there was crocodiles in that river. And, you know, they, of course, in there also in their, uh, you know, idolatry and the heathen beliefs that they had, they had all sorts of superstitions about it too. But they were not going in that river. And so he didn't have a very effective ministry. This, uh, this, this pastor or this missionary pastor, he didn't have a very effective ministry because he was just set on this one thing and he wasn't going to be happy till they do it and they were bound they weren't going to do it. And so through in the book, you know, he began to distrust his interpreters. He had people that interpreted for him when he preached, and he began to distrust them, and he learned a little bit of the language, and so he quit using the interpreters because he didn't trust that they were saying really what he, you know, he was saying. And, um, and so he, he began to distrust them, and so he just started preaching in Congonese or whatever it's called the best he could. And, uh, and, uh, but in that language, it was one of those difficult languages where you can say a word just a little bit different and totally change the meaning, you know. You've heard about those languages. And, so, and there was a phrase that he used a lot that, um, that was supposed to mean something about, you know, how the Lord's desire is to save you. But he would say it just a little wrong. And when he said it, it, was, it came out about a poison wood tree. And they had a, they had a tree there in the Congo that, that it was... If you even brushed up against the leaves, you know, you just get sick, break out. If, if, if they burned the wood, the smoke from this tree would make you sick. It was a poison wood tree. And so they think he's preaching on poison wood trees all the time. And so the book was called the Poison Wood Bible. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, you know, he's got this ministry for years, and it's like for years he's preaching on the Poisonwood Bible, you know. And so I, I know that's kind of strange to, to tell you that, but I was thinking about that in relationship to, to the language of the Spirit. 
that we want to live in the Spirit, and then we don't use our language, and so we don't have as much success sometimes as we could have if we would use the language of the Spirit. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, you know that scripture there that says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh to God. And it goes on to say, speaketh mysteries. Y'all know the scripture I'm talking about? Okay, when I looked that up in the, in the Strong's Concordance and in the Interlinear Bible, and that word unknown tongue, did you know that that, word, that unknown tongue, I, I, this just really got to me. I mean, because I thought, God, it meant, it, one thing it means is obsolete tongue, like an obsolete language. And I began to think about how Adam was in the Garden of Eden, walking with God in the cool of the day and talking to him. And then I began to think about how the fall and how the fellowship and the communication with God was broken and then even how God uh, did the language with the Tower of Babel and so forth and confused their language and so forth and gave the different languages of the world. And then I began to think about how Jesus, right before He ascended, He told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the infilling of the Holy Spirit And when they went to Jerusalem and they waited on the infilling of the Holy Spirit and they got filled with the Spirit. First, you know, when Jesus walked the earth and He ministered to them, they were not born again. Right? I mean, you understand that because they couldn't have been born again because He had not been to the cross and died and resurrected. Amen? Amen. And so they couldn't have been born again. So He went to the cross, He died, He resurrected, and... And then whoever believed on Him could be saved, could be a new creation in Christ, have a clean vessel, so to speak, to put the Holy Spirit in. In other words, He restored us back to that day of Adam, made us like Adam before the fall, and He restored them. And then He said, go to Jerusalem and wait, and the Holy Spirit will be put inside of you. And, you know, or, and you'll be given the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak a language. And I'm not, I don't, I mean, I can't prove this, but the Strongs did say it was an obsolete language. And, and, you know, it occurred to me that when he had recreated us, made us back to the, to like we, the first Adam was before the fall, that he could have given us the same language when we speak in tongues, an obsolete language. He could have given us the language back that Adam and Eve spoke to God in the garden with. Because they walked in the Spirit. They walked in the Spirit. You know what I mean? They walked with God in the cool of the day and they communicated with Him. They were Spirit-filled. Adam was Spirit-filled just like Jesus. Amen? Adam was just like Jesus. When, I mean, it gets real serious when you start thinking of Adam like that. See, we kind of tend to think of Adam like us. And so we go, you know, this fall thing, it was not that serious. But when you think of Adam was just like Jesus, and think about the fact that what if Jesus had done what he did? What if Jesus had chosen and fell to the temptation that Satan brought to him? I mean, when you start thinking that Adam was just like that, and then that that he fell, it may, it gets serious. I kind of think, okay, I'm not going to think about Adam now. I don't know because I'm not sure. You know, I don't know what, I don't know about him. The Bible says Eve was deceived, but it says Adam wasn't. I don't know, but I know it was serious. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so, but God restored. 
And he brought us to being just like Adam. And he gave us a language. It's a language of the Spirit. And I think sometimes we've missed some of the benefits. And so I'm going to give you a bunch of benefits tonight to speaking in tongues. Now I know you know some of them. Some of them you've never thought of. A lot of them you've never thought of. And some of them you may have thought of, but maybe not in the way we'll present them. So the first thing, of course, is speaking in tongues is the first and continuing sign of the Holy Spirit being in you. It's not just the first sign. When you speak in tongue, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, the evidence is that is that tongue, that prayer language. Amen? That's the evidence. You know, a lot of times people want to argue about that. They want to say, well, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I don't speak in tongues. But you know what? You'll never, you'll never know for sure. Amen. It's the evidence. Amen? The Bible says it's the evidence. And so it's also the continuing sign. It's the continuing sign of being filled with the Spirit. I mean, every time you speak in tongues, it ought to remind you, I'm filled with the Spirit. You know, let's read in Acts 2.4. We'll just give you some scriptures on this, because I don't want you to think I'm making it up. <laughs> I know you don't, but... Acts 2.4. I, I, I'm fired up again. I'm refired about praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Acts 2.4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you ought to speak with tongues. Amen. Amen. Number two, praying in the Spirit is edifying. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we'll try to go through some of the Scriptures quickly. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. So when we speak in tongues, it edifies. Or in other words, it builds up our spirit. You know, you can get drained of your strength. Did any of you ever feel drained? You know, if you're, you need to pray in the spirit when you feel drained. The word edify there means a house builder. It means to construct. When you pray in the spirit, you're building something. You are constructing things. Amen. There's things being built in the Spirit. There's things being built. Amen. There's things being built in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's things being constructed. You can build businesses praying in the Spirit. You can construct homes building in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. You can build, you can build uh, marriages praying in the Spirit. Amen? Amen? You can birth ministries. I know one time I was praying in the Spirit in an extended time of prayer, long, several, many years ago in Seminole, and didn't have any understanding about what would be the future. You know, a lot of times we just see this little circle right here of today and tomorrow and yesterday. And we don't ever see past that. And the Lord said to me, He said, you, birth, you birthed a ministry today. Well, you know, I thought, oh man, wonder what I birthed. Wonder what will happen Sunday. Well, I didn't know it was probably it was four or five years down. I was way out there ahead in God. Birthing things that, you know, that we would do later. Okay, number three. Praying in tongues reminds us of God's presence and that we are full of God. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Y'all got your uh, Bible drill fingers on tonight? Hebrews 13, 5. It says, uh, this is kind of interesting. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be with, content with such things as you have. But this is the part I'm going to. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. 
You know, one thing, God promised us He would never leave us or forsake us. And when we pray in the Spirit, it just reminds us that He's there. It reminds us that He is right there inside of us. And He doesn't leave. He's right there inside of us. I tell you, that's a good reminder. I mean, when you, get, when you feel fearful, what can you do? You can pray in the Spirit and be reminded, God never leaves me nor forsakes me. We can teach our children to pray in the Spirit. Amen. Do you, uh, the child calls us in at night and says, Mommy, I'm afraid. We ought to say, now, will you pray in the Spirit? Because that will remind you that God's right there. Amen. Whereas you say, well, honey, God's with you. Well, how do I know? Well, pray in the Spirit. You'll know He's right there. Because you know what? You can't do that without God. Amen? Okay, number... Uh, where are we at? Number four. Praying in the Spirit keeps our prayers in line with God. Romans eight twenty six. You know, there's a lot of times we don't know how exactly what to pray. There's sometimes we do not know what to pray. We, could, we are confronted with situations in life where we don't know what to pray. But we can know for sure that we prayed in line with the will of God. Romans 8, 26 says, let me find it here. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, or that word is weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so we know we're praying in the will of God. You are so do you have do you need answers? I mean, sometimes people call Pastor and I on the phone and they say, Pastor, I gotta have some answers. Pastor, I need answers. I I've got a business situation or I've got a, a family situation and I need answers. Well, you know what? You can know you're praying the will of God. Amen. You can know you're praying the will of God. Besides all that, many times as you pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will unfold to you something to pray in English. He will unfold, He will give light to the will of God. Amen? Number uh, five, praying in tongues stimulates faith. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith it is impossible. Listen, family, you say... Now, we could finish that sentence, but really, you just fill in the blank. You, you can't get anything from God without faith. The Bible says, actually what it goes on to say is, without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But just, just, just read it that way. For Without faith it is impossible. We have to have faith. So sometimes I need my faith activated. Did you, I, I loved how Pastor Buzzy... It, did anybody buy the tape, God Created Faith Man, from Pastor Buzzy? I tell you, that's the best tape. That is the best tape. I'm, in, I'm on my third time through. God Created Faith Man. God created us with faith. In other words, because a lot of because we've been taught many times to keep working at getting faith and getting faith and getting faith and getting faith. I got it, but sometimes I need to activate it. Jude twenty, Jude twenty says, "Well, I'll go there." Boy, that was good. I just turned right to Jude. I'll just read it to you. But ye, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When I, when I feel faithless, if I'll just stop and pray in the Holy Ghost. And you know, we all feel faithless at some time. 
And you know, sometimes, you know, we just, oh my God, this is overpowering. And so what we want to do is go, go take a nap or go watch TV or do something. We just want to stick our head in the sand. But when we feel overwhelmed, if we'll pray in the Spirit, it'll activate our faith. Praise God. We'll walk right out of it. Hallelujah. Number, number six. Praying in the Spirit keeps you free from the world's contamination. Well, hallelujah, because we live in a world where there's some contamination. Amen? And you know, Pastor talked about Sunday night. I thought this was really good, or Sunday morning. He said, uh, he said, you know, that there are times when we are bombarded with stuff that we can't help. I mean, you, I mean it's just walking down the street. You can see things you never wanted to see. Amen. And that those things can't be planted in our heart. But that if we willingly subject ourselves to them, then things are going to be planted. I mean, you can't go to an X-rated show just to say, well, I need to know what it's all about, you know, so I'll know how to fight evil or whatever, and, then, and not think something's going to get planted in your heart. Amen. See, you willingly subjected yourself to it. But then there are times, and you know, there are children and there are teenagers who want to live godly, that have a heart toward God, and their parents subject them to sell things. And you can share, I don't, there's not anybody like that in this church. But you know, you teenagers, you can share this with your friends of how not to be subjected to things. And when you are put in situations at school, and when you're put in situations at university, amen? Amen. And when you are put in situations at at work, or when you're just walking down the street and you're put in situations, then there's something that will keep you from being uh, contaminated by the world. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, uh, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Uh, and, and so, and, and another, that word edify, another thing that it means there is embolden. I mean, there's just something, it, it, just, it just makes us powerful in the Spirit. And so what I was going to say about that is that, you know, if we're confronted with something, if we'll just begin to speak in tongues under our breath, then it can't get planted in us. Amen? So if you're, if you're subjected to a boss that curses and uses foul language and, and uh, um, things like that, you can pray in the Spirit under your breath. Or as you get emboldened, you can pray in the Spirit just straight up. I mean, we've threatened that sometimes. You know, we've been out in our backyard before and having to listen to our neighbors do things, and not at this house so much, but in different places. And, and you know, just do things we didn't want to listen to. Or sometimes we've been in a restaurant, and there's, and I've been, we've, Pastor and I've said, you know, we could clear this place out real quick. We'd have a weapon that we could use here. Now, you know, I'm just talking, but you know, we've never really used that. But I tell you, I'm getting bolder all the time. Amen. I know uh, my little grandmother, great-grandmother, Grandmother Newcomb, we called her. And uh, uh, she, she was Pentecostal. And her kids and her husband, they persecuted her for being Pentecostal. She was Assembly of God. And she, uh, she, was, uh, she spoke in tongues and... And believed in healing back when it wasn't cool. Amen. You know, in the 50s and 60s. And uh, 60, I think she died in 65. And uh, anyway, um, she, um, she 
uh, went to church and all those things. And they persecuted her. They persecuted her for being Pentecostal. They persecuted her for not wanting to go to doctors because she was back in that time when didn't want to go to a doctor, broke her arm, didn't want to go have it set, you know, and just... And they persecuted her for that. And they also persecuted her for drinking a Coca-Cola every day. She, and so she'd sneak around and get in the closet and drink her Coke every day. You know, they persecuted her about that. And I don't know why really, but I guess just agitate her. And they persecuted her, you know, of course she was kind of, she didn't like it because they went to the moon, you know, that was right when the, you know, they went, or they didn't go the moon, they just went around, they just drove around it, you know, the first time, didn't they? Okay, yeah. They just she didn't live to see him really go to it. She really would have been upset about that. But you know, she felt like leave what belongs to God alone and she got you know, she had some pretty, you know, back you know how you can understand, especially those of you that had older parents or grandparents. And uh and she was pretty against TV except Wagon Train. She really liked it. She hush, rushed home from church on Wednesday night to watch Wagon Train. They persecuted her about that too, you know. They liked to agitate her. You know, and so they said about her that, you know, if she, if they got in her face too much, you know, she didn't pray in tongues in their face, you know, but what she'd do is she'd start singing, I'll fly away. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. She'd just start singing them, I'll fly away someday, you know, (laughs) that was her answer. But you know, when, when, when we feel contamination coming towards us or persecution, we could pray in the Spirit. Amen. And you know, it won't only the evil things won't get planted in our heart, but even the hurt of persecution won't get planted in our heart Amen. so that we have this hurt. So that we, cry. you know, Hebrews says when you get hurt, then sometimes you can get bitter and it can get a root of bitterness inside of you and it can grow up and it can contaminate everything around you. Amen. Honey, I know it happens. I've seen it. Amen. 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 But we don't have to get bitter. We can just kind of fly away by praying in tongues. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, number seven. When you pray in tongues, you can be praying for somebody and not even know it. You know, I think this is so good. You know, there's a lot of things God wants us to pray about. And when we pray in tongues, you know what? We fulfill that. And I'll tell you something. When somebody comes up to you at work or, or at school and says, thank you for praying for me. I mean, God answered and I got the victory. And if you're, you're standing there going, I didn't. Or I forgot. You know, you're thinking, I forgot. I didn't even pray. If you prayed in the Spirit, just say, you're welcome. You're welcome. If you prayed in the Spirit, God took care of it. Amen. Amen. So just say, you're welcome. Hallelujah. Uh, number eight. Praying in tongues is spiritually refreshing. Turn to Isaiah 28, verse 12. I mean, the church is in constant need of refreshing. It's just just one of the things about living in this world. And praying is refreshing. See, we we thought praying was a drudgery. Oh, i got to go pray. But it's not how it's supposed to be. Praying is refreshing. See, if you don't leave your prayer time refreshed, you're doing it wrong. You're doing something wrong. Probably you're just thinking wrong. Probably you're approaching it wrong. Probably you're not even believing that God's hearing that He's going to answer. But I tell you, I believe He answers every time. Every time. Amen? Amen. 
I don't think I waste prayers. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 that if I pray anything according to His will, He hears me. You can't pray in the Spirit without praying according to His will. And besides all that, I've renewed my mind so that I know what His will is. I know it's His will for prosper me. I know it's His will to heal me. Amen. So I can come to God boldly and I can just know. You heard. You're answering. Amen. Hallelujah. I know it's His will to get me out of sticky situations and trouble. He says He's a very present help in time of trouble. He say, I know it's His will. He says He always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. There's nothing I can get into. No problem that I can have that God's not... If that's His will. And so when I pray, amen, I need to believe. And if, if I'm not going to prayer and getting refreshed, I'm probably not believing. And I'm probably going in there and whining and crying and praying the problem. Or I'm not staying long enough to get, to get over there. And to get broke through. Isaiah 28, verse 12. Are you there? To whom he said... Well, go up in verse 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Amen? Praying in tongues is refreshing. You get refreshed when you pray in tongues. I'll tell you something. Tuesday night prayer is refreshing. It's not tiring. I've worked, I, we work hard on Tuesday. Tuesday is the big day at the church office. Tuesday's the day we work the hardest at the church office. And sometimes when I get to prayer, I feel tired. I know when we were having our week of prayer, one night I was laying on the sofa in pastor's office thinking, somebody's going to have to drag me out here. But you know what? Prayer is refreshing. And I left here in better shape than I came in. Why? Because prayer is refreshing. Prayer is refreshing. You want to get rid of tired? Pray. It's a refreshing. Amen? Amen. So if you're tired, pray. I tell you what, make you tireder. I've proved it. Go lay in front of the TV. Amen. 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 And you know, you don't have to do warfare prayer. I mean, there's, a, there's something real good and refreshing about just laying on your bed, turning the lights a little bit low, and just praying in the Holy Ghost. And you say, well, I'd go to sleep. Well, you know, that'd be okay. God will wake you up. God will wake you up. Amen? If you're that tired, it'd be okay. I think sometimes we condemn ourselves for needing rest and condemn ourselves for sleeping. I tell you what, there's just it's good to lay before the Lord, pray in tongues, and go to sleep. Not right now. Everybody wake up that's in here. I see some, I see some closed eyes. I preach on it and they were just like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll make you do what Fred Price does. Stand up. You know, he call them out, point them out, use right there, stand up, turn around. <laughs> okay, number nine. No, I'm not that brave yet. <laughs> number nine. Praying in the Spirit is a way of giving thanks unto the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 again. When we pray in the Spirit, we give thanks. Have you ever just been so thankful for something you didn't, you've already told the Lord thank you, but you just, well, just pray in the Spirit, you give thanks. 
And it says um, in 1 Corinthians 14, 7, and even things without life giving sound, whether, uh, that's the wrong scripture. Anyway, anybody know where it's at? 17, okay, the typewriter in me. But for, he, well, he's talking there about praying in the Spirit, and he says, for thou verily givest thanks well. Amen. He's talking about if you pray in tongues, then somebody can't understand you. But he's saying, but you give thanks well. It's a good way to give thanks is praying in tongues. Okay, number 10. Praying in tongues keeps your tongue under control. Boy, we all need that. The Bible, the Bible talks about the tongue being a real small member, but it's one of the most powerful things in our lives. The Bible says that the power of life and death are in the tongue. And so sometimes we need to shut some stuff off that we're saying, but we don't seem to have any control. Have you ever, have you ever found yourself saying things you didn't want to say? Oh, I really shouldn't be confessing this, or I really don't need to talk about this. Amen? Well, you can get control of your tongue by praying in tongues. So when you need to shut up, the best thing to do sometimes is not to just shut your mouth, but just start praying in tongues. When you need, wives, when you need to not answer back your husband, when you're trying to avoid strife, you can turn and face the kitchen sink, start washing dishes and praying in tongues. Y'all are looking at me like, oh, I, I. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know. Boy, they, that was, they looked at me strange. Well, we're having a ladies' meeting tomorrow. <laughs> we can work on that. <laughs> no, no, I'm just No, we're just fellowshipping. Okay. Number 11, praying in the Spirit teaches God's people. As you pray in tongues, revelation will come forth from the Word of God. 1 John 2, 27. You should expect revelation when you pray in tongues. I'm always amazed at how people don't expect God to speak to them. But I tell you what, God, you should expect to hear God. 1 John 2.27 says, mm -hmm, But the anointing which ye have received of Him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing, this is talking about the Holy Ghost being your teacher, teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in Him. See, anything to do with the Holy Ghost is going to be a benefit of tongues because tongues is the language of the Holy Spirit. So it says that Holy Ghost is our teacher. Well, then praying in tongues is going to release the teacher. Amen. Amen. And he is going to teach us and we're going to have revelation. When the more you pray in tongues, the more revelation you're going to have. Also, another scripture for that is John 14, 26. Hallelujah. We may just have to stop here and pray in tongues a minute. It says, uh, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Did you ever have something you couldn't remember? Well, the Holy Ghost is the remember. So what should you do? Pray in tongues. Because Holy Ghost is the remember. The praying in tongues is the language of the Holy Ghost. So if you can't remember something, don't just stand there saying, I cannot think of this. 
Man, I've just been racking my brain. That's what I say. I'm just racking my brain trying to think of that. What was I going to tell you? You know how you can remember? Because the Holy Ghost is the remember. Listen, if you pray in tongues and you still can't remember, here, let me tell you something. You weren't supposed to say it. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. Number, uh, where am I at? Twelve. Praying in the Spirit comforts God's people. John 14, 27, still right there in the same verse. It says, but the Comforter, or actually verse 26. It talks about the Comforter. Then in verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Talking about the Holy Ghost. Not as the world give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You say, well, I just can't help being afraid. Well, if you can't help being afraid, then why would Jesus say, don't you let your heart be troubled? We must be letting our heart be troubled. If we don't have peace, we must be letting ourselves not have peace. So we need to quit allowing it. Now, I'm not going to allow this agitation. See, the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, right? Y'all remember that scripture. Well, love is one of the nine fruit of the Spirit. So that must mean that all nine of the fruit of the Spirit are shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, and peace. Amen. Well, we won't name all nine of them. But so peace has already been put in your spirit. So how do we activate anything in our spirit? By praying in tongues. Y'all aren't catching on. Only one person is catching on. How do we activate anything that's in our spirit? Pray in tongues. Amen. So if you need peace, you're out of peace today, what do you do? You pray in tongues. And you activate the peace. And you quit letting your heart be agitated. You quit letting yourself be troubled. Quit letting yourself worry. You're letting it happen. Amen. I, you know, even the devil, he has done this to me many, many times. I would get myself in faith and I would say, Okay, bless God, I'm healed. I know I'm healed. Uh, the Word of God says I'm healed. So I'm going to go have some fun. I think I'll go shopping. I'm healed, I'll just go shopping. Heal people, go shopping. Amen? Well, whatever you want to do for the heal people to do. But you know, then the devil will try to make you worry about not worrying. Well, you know, I, I, then you have this thought, maybe this isn't responsible. You know, maybe I shouldn't. Listen, if you believe, there is joy and peace in believing. Amen. Amen. That's what the Word says. Hallelujah. You can be happy if you've believed. Amen. You can be at peace if you've believed and you can be happy. You don't have to worry about not worrying. You don't have to worry and say, well, I wonder if I prayed it right. I wonder if I really received. I wonder if I did it right. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you didn't do it right, the Bible says Jesus is the author and the developer of your faith. He's the, he'll, he'll fix you. He'll fix it. He'll fix your faith. He'll correct you. He'll speak to you. Amen? So we pray in the Spirit, don't we? Hallelujah. Number 13, speaking in tongues sanctifies you. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. When you pray in tongues, we're to be sanctified. We're to be set apart. Amen. And uh, what happens is when you pray in the Spirit, it gets you over out of the flesh and into the Spirit. 
You quit. You, it, it removes you from the flesh realm and gets you in the spirit realm. And that's what being set apart is, is to being brought out of the flesh and put over in the spirit. Amen? Well, you say, well, I was just getting in the flesh to... And you ever feel like that? Somebody at work was agitating you. They are getting on my nerves bad. There was this kid on TV the other day. He was just cussing his mother on one of those talk shows. And, the, and one of the talk show hosts said, Why are you doing this to mother? She's getting on my nerves, he said. I'd get on his nerves. I mean, the nerves in his butt would be so... <laughs> Amen. They would be so tingly. <laughs> Ooh, this was a 10-year-old kid, too. I mean, I just couldn't believe. You can't believe some of the... <laughs> Where do they find these people? <laughs> oh. Huh? Not in Alabama, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's off the subject, wasn't it? But it gets us over out of the spirit, out of, out of the flesh and into the spirit. I tell you what, when you know, you say, well, that doesn't sound very spiritual to me to paddle your kids. Oh, it's real spiritual. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Number uh, 14. Praying in the Spirit guides you in, in all truth as you see through God's eyes. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. Remember, anything that's of the Spirit has to do with praying in tongues. See, we've not, con I know you've not made this connection before, that anything that has to do with the Spirit is connected to praying in tongues. Because tongues is the language of the Spirit. Amen. Amen? So anything, Ephesians 1, verse 17 says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul said, I pray this, that the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. How do you think He's going to give you wisdom and revelation? Praying in tongues. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You know how you're going to see things you've never seen before? Praying in the Spirit that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. You're going to discover these things praying in the Spirit. Amen? Um, <laughs> Fifteen. Praying in tongues overcomes the work of the devil. Oh, there's a lot of these, so y'all just hang on. It's, it's early yet. Praying in tongues overcomes the work of the devil. Did you know the Holy Ghost knows how to cause you to win? You got a situation in life, God, Holy Ghost knows how to make you win. You, Amen. He knows how to make us win. There's no sense in us ever failing. There's nothing you yeah. there's nothing you're into that you have to fail at. Yeah. Amen. The, you got a problem, you need to pray in the spirit because the Holy Ghost knows how to make you win. Second Corinthians ten. Hallelujah. I hope you leave here tonight charged up to go and pray it out and pray in the spirit. Here's he says. Uh, verse 3 of, of 2 Corinthians 10. For we though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. How do we war? With the Spirit. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I tell you what, we don't have natural weapons. We've got a supernatural language. Amen. And we also have the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus and the Word of God. But we've got a supernatural language that the devil can't understand. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes we tell the devil too much even in our prayers. Amen. You give him information and he uses it against you. 
You know, he doesn't know something's worked. He doesn't know your belly hurts till you tell him. Now, he may know he fired a fiery dart at your belly, but he doesn't know it hurts until you tell him it did. And he says, this is working. We say, well, Debbie, how do I confess that I'm healed? Well, you know, we confess, if you confess, I'm healed whole and healthy. I thank you, Father God, that Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my pain. You need to confess that on the days you don't feel any pain. And if you'll confess the same every day, he never knows if you feel good or you don't. Now, I'm telling you the best way. I'm not telling you I always do that. I mean, sometimes I'm like you. You know, there is an anointing to pastor. The pastor has an anointing. And I have an anointing to preach the word. But I don't have an anointing to live it. And neither does the pastor. We have to live it just like you. And we are just as tempted to go lay on the couch and groan as you are. And guess what? Sometimes we do. And then we say, whoa, this isn't working. You're not going to win this way. And we get up and we resist the devil just like you do. And he flees. Amen. But sometimes we're tempted just like you. I mean, all the time we're tempted just like you. See, everybody thinks the pastor, you know, they are supernaturally anointed to do this. Only to preach it, honey. Only to preach it. Not to live it. They are looking at me like a dog with a new pan. <laughs> Pastor, they didn't know this. Some of them didn't know. No, we have to live it the same. Brother Copeland is not anointed to live it. He's only anointed to preach it. And you never get where you don't have to quit doing these things right. to win. See, I, had, I used to think this way. I used to think that one day I'd get all the little ducks lined up and I'd get good enough at this that I would never have any problems anymore. I really thought that way. And I know, we, I've told you this before, but a, a pastor's wife, a friend of mine, we were in the restroom at K. Bob's Restaurant in Andrews, Texas, one evening, in the restroom together. And she said to me, Debbie, you are always going to have troubles. And I went, what? <laughs> I mean, I was... But, you know, see, if you believe that, that someday you're going to get there, then you're always whipping yourself and feeling inferior because you're that one that can't get there. Listen, you'll be resisting the devil for something the day Jesus comes back. Amen. Now, you get good at it. You get better at it. But he's not going to just one day look at you and say, I think I'll leave you alone. The more high profile you are, Sometimes the bigger weapons he launches. Amen. I mean, Brother Copeland and Miss Gloria, they have fought some battles. Amen. And you know they have. Okay. So, hey, we pray in the Spirit. Okay. They're, 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 I have to wake them up every once in a while with something real shocking. <laughs> um, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I think we better stop. Um, we'll have to finish this, Pastor, because i got some more. Amen. What was the last one I gave you? Fifteen. Praying in tongues overcomes the works of the devil. And the Holy Ghost knows how to cause us to win. Amen. Well, let's, let's, let's put our stuff up tonight. And let's do, guess what? Amen. Let's pray in the Spirit.